0: In the world of AI, it is changing so so fast, which doesn't mean you shouldn't be learning and adopting it now. It actually means that you should be doing it as soon as possible. Wow!
1: If you're listening now and you haven't done anything, you're already. I, mean, no. I
0: wouldn't say you're behind. <laughs> I just would say like if you keep waiting, you will be very quickly.
2: This is Revenue Makers the podcast by Sixth Sense, investigating successful revenue strategies that pushed companies ahead.
1: Hey, Sama, it's that time again.
2: Oh, I've been looking forward to it. Where are we headed today, Adam?
1: Well, this is going to be a fun one and certainly a very timely conversation. So we have Nicole Leffer, who is a B2C MBD marketer turned CMO AI advisor Amazing. and marketing strategist. And she's known for harnessing the power of AI against things like social media, Man, generation, product marketing. She of taken all these things and is now actually out helping marketing teams and empowering them with the skills and the strategies they need to actually bring AI to their companies. So she's worked with CEOs, CMOs, VPs, and all go-to-market leaders.
2: I mean, I don't have to point it out. AI is everywhere and Nicole is awesome. She's been at the forefront of how this technology can be applied across revenue teams, it's an exciting time, but with things happening at breakneck pace, it is hard to keep up.
1: And frankly, she's got insights by the truckload. So by the end of the episode, I'm pretty sure the audience is going to have some actionable tips on how to bring AI to your team, if you haven't already, and how to make it successful.
2: Let's do it.
1: All right, we're in we it. We are in it. Nicole, thank you for joining us. This is perhaps the most timely conversation. Wait,
2: wait, wait, what do you mean, have? Adam? Like, is this a hot topic? I...
1: It is apparently in the last something has already changed in the last twelve seconds. Oh, I forgot sort of to look
0: in the last three minutes of the years <laughs> yeah, that's well, happened, and <laughs> so I hope I'm not too out of date.
1: I I, I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> exhausting, but it's it's also pretty wild, and, and there is a fun. But you know, so we you know we're talking about we talk to revenue teams. We're talking about revenue makers. We're talking about all that fun stuff. And I think there's so many conversations about AI for marketing or sales, but, like, what's your perspective on, like, the most significant ways that AI is affecting the whole B2B, like, the entire revenue process? And you could go anywhere with that, but would love to hear yeah. your general thoughts. So
0: I think what's really incredible about AI and where our tools already are is that it can help everybody with whatever their own weaknesses are. So where it's going to be the most beneficial to you, Adam, or you, Saima, is probably going to be different because where your strengths and weaknesses are going to be different. So if it can pick up some of the slack and do the things you don't want to be doing and help make that easier, faster, higher quality, it's going to be beneficial to every single person in a go-to-market organization. Done.
2: Which is wild, right? Because yes, marketing evolves, sales evolves, CS evolves, but nothing. It, AI is truly such a catalyst in terms of how everything is changing so quickly. I mean, Nicole, before you jumped on and we started recording, you were mentioning that you did a podcast six weeks ago and you just listened to it and you're like, so much has changed since uh, then. Any other industry, it would have been like I recorded this a year ago.
0: It was that dramatic of a difference of what happened in the last five, six weeks in the world of AI. It is changing so, so fast, which doesn't mean you shouldn't be learning and adopting it now. It actually means that you should be doing it as soon as possible because it's getting harder and harder to get caught up and learn. It's much easier to learn the foundational elements and be continuously building as more stuff is coming out. I can't imagine like waiting another year to jump in on this stuff the people who have it already wow
1: if you're listening now and you haven't done anything you're already i
0: I wouldn't say you're behind (laughs) i just would say like if you keep waiting you will be very
2: quickly
0: and it's going to be so expected like it's not going to be that long before this is expected in the same way email (laughs) or being able to do a google search is expected it's just part of doing your job
2: yeah before we jump into all the questions we have nicole like let's talk about change your career Is a whole new career because of AI. Like, can you just speak (laughs) a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean it's been so wild. So I come
0: from a unique background. I actually was in both B two B and B two C marketing as the owner of an e commerce chocolate ingredients company, and oh, I that, started that while amazing. I was still in college <laughs> during a change time. It was early two thousands, early e commerce, and so I kind of grew up in that. So I've been through this whole change thing before. That moved fast. This moves so so much faster. I stopped doing that in 2020, did some marketing consulting for a while, decided I do not want to be a consultant. That is not for me. Joke's on me, right? (laughs) Uh, But I went in and got a role at a B2B SaaS company as their head of marketing. And that's where in 2021, I brought on these AI tools for my team immediately when I started and saw very quickly how huge they were. And I was probably driving everybody in the entire company nuts trying to get them to all use AI too, because it was just so mind-blowing and um, left them last August and got deeper and deeper in AI. And I did not plan to become an AI consultant or teach marketing teams and go to market teams how to use AI. But by virtue of the fact that at this point, I've been using it for almost two and a half years, um, which is unheard of in this I had CMOs, CEOs, CROs all coming to me, like, help us adopt this. And so it has been a wild change to my life. And at this point, I have no idea. I don't know. Everybody's like, what are you doing next year? Like, what's your business plan? I'm like, business plan? How do you have a business plan <laughs> in AI consulting when I don't know what's coming out in three hours? It's <laughs> Just like, what yeah, Tuesday is questionable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's been wild. wild. It's a daily change in AI. What? Actually,
1: you said two and a half years, yeah. right? So well, going back two and a half years... Yeah. Or two years. So six Sense, We've been we've been we've been in the AI world for a while. We've had products and, and so forth, but what did that even look like two and a half years ago? You know, in the general was there even generative at that point? And yeah, you know?
0: that's what I brought on initially. So we brought on Grammarly and another tool called AnyWord. And I will say, which I still use both of those tools to this day. I love them. But you know, I would say that. The generative AI was a lot more advanced than I think people realize. Like two years ago when I brought it on, it was—it still had issues. You know, I mean, it was still definitely a lot earlier than it is now. You couldn't do all the crazy stuff that you can do, you know, tell it to make a picture, to go with this in the same conversation, analyzing documents. I couldn't do all of that. But the interface I was using was built to help like, craft at the time social media posts and email subject lines. And I was going, nope, we're figuring out how to use this to help us write our emails, to help us write landing page copy, evaluate landing page copy and improve upon it. And I was, I mean, instantaneously, it was incredible the difference that it made to our marketing strategy even two years ago. And, you know, when ChatGPT came out last year, I was like, wow, this is a game changer because it makes it so much more accessible. And it was clearly like a step up from where it had been. War. And it's yeah. so funny now because I look back at ChatGPT has been out almost exactly a year. I was on in the f- first few days and I look out now and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's so Wait. what it was a year ago like that's so, so cute, cute. we thought that was so good <laughs> like, uh. we thought that was the coolest thing ever and now if like you made me use the the free version that was when it first came out i'd be like please don't do this to me
2: this is so old
0: <laughs> it's a year old it's so cool.
2: um so you you know we started this by saying adam should be using it i should be using it but you know, it really depends How? on i guess, the the goal or whatever you're looking whatever's missing today that you're looking to really augment scale improve right right? so as we start to talk about how revenue teams should and could be using ai can you talk about some key strategies on number one where to start and how to make it a smoother transition i mean you you provide advice to so many companies on this where should people start because everyone knows they got to be in it they just don't always know how
0: yeah, so the first thing is you need an account. And I know that sounds silly, but a lot of people just get stuck on I'm not even creating an account somewhere, so either go to ChatGPT and create yourself an account and if you can upgrade upgrade to the paid version just because it is a lot more powerful. I don't work for ChatGPT or OpenAI. <laughs> I very much believe in that paid one. But even the free account, if you need to start there, start there. If you can't do ChatGPT for some reason, like your company doesn't allow it, things like that, there's another tool called Quad, where you could start with Quad, C-L-A-U-D-E. That is the second best language model that's out there other than GPT-4. So I would start with one of those two. You can't use one of those. Use Microsoft Bing. I know, Bing chat on your Edge browser or just on Microsoft. So I would just start with getting an account and start experimenting. You know, everybody wants a manual and there are things you can do. You know, I train marketing teams and go-to-market teams how to use this. But at the end of the day... You don't have to have a million tricks to get something out of it. And so I would just start with have a conversation with the tool. Tell it something you want to do and ask it how it can help you. Ask it, what do you need from me to help me with this project? Whether that's writing an email or whether that's, you know, creating a drip campaign or creating knowledge bases for customers. You know, this is across the board. It's going to be different for what everybody's going to need to do. Just start asking it how it can help you. Give it context about what you want to do and just see what happens. Because a lot of it is, it's is—it's—it's intimidating. You have people like me, you should include this and this and this and this in your prompt. But at the end of the day, that's for the best possible results you can get a lot. I mean, I was sitting here getting ready for this. And I was on ChatGPT on the voice thing just talking to it while I straightened my hair. And just like having <laughs> we'll a conversation. Great, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah. I wanted to know if this platform could blur my background or if I needed to clean my clean my background before we started. And I just had a conversation with it while I'm straightening my hair. It went out searched this platform figured that out for me gave me an answer. So I knew what to prepare for. It wasn't some fancy prompt. It was literally me asking my phone a question. So it's really just playing. that's where you start. If you've never touched it, touch it. See what you can do. Good advice. Yeah, that
1: makes total sense. Just jump in. You mentioned, you know, we talked about signing for an account and you said if your company doesn't allow it or not. Obviously, security, privacy, there's been, I know back earlier, like, oh, so-and-so put this out there and it exposed company secrets and there's been you know, a- OpenAI has got enterprise solutions. There's other solutions now. Like, how are you navigating that world of privacy, compliance? And I'm sure you yeah. talk to different customers from like, eh, to, yeah. uh, <laughs> whoa. That, that's, 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 yeah. that's, yeah, I'm, that's, <laughs> no, no. A, that'll be my snippet for today. Like, how has that been in terms of like giving somebody, I don't know if how deep the advice has gone from you to them. Like, how are you getting them to say, yeah. or companies to like, You got to give a little to get a lot. You definitely get
0: out of it what you put into it. But I do highly recommend having very clear parameters for your company. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a security expert, any of that. So don't take this as security advice but i definitely recommend to any company if you don't have an ai policy about what can and cannot go into your tool you should and if your company doesn't then you need to personally understand you should not be putting anything covered by a non-disclosure agreement into any ai tool unless it has already been vetted by your security team and you've been told this is okay but nothing covered by an nda nothing that's proprietary. Do not put client details, client contact information, any of that into these tools. So sometimes that means you have to anonymize what you're putting into it a little bit. You know, you could go in, you want to do a transcript of a call, just change the names to like the purple elephant and the pink panda for the names of companies or whatever it is. You're going to know what it outputs, that that's what it's talking about, but you're not exposing anybody's data. You know, there's, there's an in-between of you can have clear guidelines. Make sure people know what can and can't go in these tools and then let them do what they can with the tools beyond that point. Because banning it completely just means you are going to have shadow AI work. I mean, I'm seeing this all over the place. I know so many people that have told me, so my company doesn't allow us to use AI. So what I do is I put it on my phone or I put it on my computer and I just do it myself. And instead of having, like, clear, smart rules, they're just going completely rogue with no guidelines. You're much better off to say, you can use it. Here's what you can and cannot put into these tools, you know? And again, it's the really super private proprietary info. Also, on a personal level, don't put your birthday, your social security number, your bank account information (laughs) in these tools. Uh, That's a bad, bad idea. But, you know, either you give people the guidelines and allow them to use it, or... Even if you don't allow it, here's your guidelines if you're going to go rogue. Like if you're going to go on your own and do this, whether you're allowed to or not, you still do not do this, 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 and this, like no matter what.
2: Yeah. So it seems like obviously, you know, there's there should be a need to embrace it then. And, and, and that starts at the very top. Right. And so how important is the role of leadership in developing successful AI adoption I think some of it you've already hit on, right? Around setting the parameters, setting what's okay, what's not okay. But what else could leaders be doing to yeah. encourage their teams to take advantage of, of everything that AI has to offer? Oh, so much. And it is so important, like what a leader does, because you've
0: got you're gonna have the people going rogue using it no matter what, but the vast majority of people aren't going to use it unless you really are leading them on this this is change management right so the first thing is if you are a go-to-market leader you need to start learning how to use this stuff yourself and using it and modeling using it you need to let people see you think this is worthwhile you use it in your own work this is going to make a difference and there's nothing wrong with it right like so It's not just using it, but telling your team you're using it, telling your team how you're using it, all of that is a really huge thing. The next thing is really talking to your team about, like, where can you start implementing AI in your workflows? Where is this going to help supplement your weaknesses? Where is this going to supercharge your superpowers? How is this going to help you have higher quality work? How is this going to help you get things done more quickly? But help them identify those places. Don't expect they're going to be able to figure it out themselves. Having like a Slack channel or, you know, something like a Slack channel where people are sharing what they're doing with AI and encouraging those conversations and really celebrating AI wins, you know, when people do it. Elevate it, promote it, like cheer for them publicly or however they like getting praise. But I think the public cheering lets everybody else see AI good. I should use. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, there's just so much. But all of that normal change management, any behavior you want to change, you're changing people's lifelong habits. And, you know, that's not going to be an overnight thing. And it's going to take investment and commitment from you as a leader. But it's going to pay dividends that are bigger than anything you could possibly imagine
1: yeah so like any other technology evolution revolution there's always a generational gap. yeah or so i you know are you in calling terms me old
2: like, adam i
1: was actually gonna get to sign of being old. that was my
0: but the gap might thing. not be what you'd expect <laughs> it to be
1: well that's gonna be my question right because like I, I, like no. everything else yeah i'm sure it's not traditional so like in terms of like adoption is like oh young people are into ai no, but right. old people know like what what are you seeing out there in terms of that i am adoption? seeing
0: that if you are of the age where you know what you do when you blow in a nintendo cartridge and why you would do that you're going to be really good at ai So, <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: like nice. i would
0: say older millennials and gen xers are by far in my experience a mi- middle to older millennials and Gen Xers, younger baby boomers, tend to be having the easiest time with adoption. Now, that's not a universal rule, but it is something I am seeing a lot of, especially in like the tech space, (laughs) I mean, which is most of my clients. I have some hypothesis around this. And the biggest one being that if you have lived through the birth of the internet, email, google everything has changed and you've had to adopt zoom like all of these things one thing after another after another your entire life has been adopting new technologies learning how to use it and a lot of it being taught with like having to learn it without a user guide right like it wasn't just ready you could google how do i do this and get an answer if you have had to do that over and over and over it's second nature to do More. it again with ai right
1: Makes sense, people
0: under a certain age if you were born with an iphone in your hand you know if you're too young to remember navigating technology before technology was finished because in many ways like has your computer changed that much in the last decade 20 years like has it like really like using your computer changed that much has using a phone changed that much if google like all of that stuff if you've always had that Somebody could teach you how to do it. You learned it once. You didn't have to figure things out. And so it's a new life experience. The younger generations are having to figure out, how do I adopt this? So a lot of the leaders I'm talking to, I'll come in and they'll be like, so the young people will be fine. I don't need to worry about them. It's the older people. And I'm like, no, no, you need that's to so make sure oh, you are not yes. putting the pressure on the young people to figure out how to do this themselves. And that's nothing. Like leave the older people behind. It's just don't assume your younger ones are going to be the fastest. They also seem to be a little bit more scared of it. In general, not across the board. And if they're coming straight out of college, I've had a lot of like new, you know, this is their first year work kind of people that are on teams I've trained message me on LinkedIn after and just say, thank you, because this is the first time I haven't felt like it's cheating because my school told me it was cheating. And now my boss wants me to use it. And I don't know how to marry those two things in my head. And so, yeah, there's a lot going on. With the younger generation, and that's not just, I mean, plenty of younger people are great at it, but just don't make this assumption as a leader that the 23-year-olds that you just hired is going to be the fastest to adopt and teach everybody else how to do it. It's probably the 40-year-old that's going to be the fastest to adopt and teach everybody else how to do it. Interesting.
2: Um, Okay. So I am going to pivot and ask for a specific one or two successes that you feel people have been able to or companies have been able to get I think a lot of people when they first think of the power of AI in their revenue team everyone thinks content right we're gonna um, which is true absolutely this helps you build create refresh content but are there any other sort of areas that you've found companies have had success with strategy
0: so it's a really good strategic partner it can help you think through new I- creative, new ideas to of how to accomplish your goals. You know, you give it the context. Here's the goal we have. Here's the resources we have you know, Anskit, just like have this back and forth thought partnership to help you flush out strategy and also identifying blind spots in the strategies you have. So this is what we're going to be doing. What are we not thinking about? What are we not doing? And that is something that can apply to any team that is not a marketing specific thing. Any kind of strategic work you're doing, planning, planning, yeah. planning yeah. any of that is a huge win that's yeah. not content. And then the other thing is like just life like internal communications not content for the public but just like your own communications one of my favorite things to do is if i need to draft an email i'll go to the chat gpt app record my voice dump of what i'm trying to get across and have it draft me the email to send to whoever it is and it'll be done in five minutes instead of you know sitting there and get every single word right and that's a huge win internally as well. If you can speed up instead of spending all your time writing your boss the perfect email, you can spit it out in 2 minutes so you can focus on your actual work. Nice. Hmm.
1: Well, that's, you know, the fear of people like, "Oh, AI yeah, is coming for your job." But the what you just walked through clearly points out it's not. It's your partner. I mean, like you can't you can't feed a strategist without there's gotta be the impact, yeah, right? So like, like that, you just sort of made the case. Yeah, it's not it's it's gonna help you, it, but it's not gonna take your job. The, I mean, there's all those fearmongering the out jobs there. Jobs
0: it's gonna take aren't really that it's taking jobs as much as like if you refused to use email right like, <laughs> at work, are you right. going to still have a job? Like is somebody going to be willing to employ you if you are like I don't use email and I don't Google, but you can have me for anything else you want. Right? Like, if you do that with AI a couple of years from now, probably a year or so from now, like, companies are gonna be like, "Mm, yeah, you're not adapting, you're not adaptable, you're not using the tools we need to be able to use to have the highest quality outputs, because it's not just efficiency actually, one of the biggest benefits people are seeing is quality increases. And they actually did a study of, I believe it was Boston Consulting Group employees using GP, they just had access to GPT-4, no training or anything. And they compared the quality of the outputs and people who had the AI, 40% higher quality than the ones that did not have the AI. And so... These things, like if you're not willing to use these tools, you're not going to have a job for that long. But it's not because the tools are taking your job. It's because you're refusing yeah. to take the
2: to use the tools yeah. is
0: costing you your job. So there's a huge difference between those two things. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think of one of our most compelling use cases at Sixth Sense around generative AI, and it has been almost exactly those two points you just raised. Quality and consistency of output, right? And for us, that is our BDR team. And they, you know, we love our BDRs. They are, frankly, the best in the business and they generate a whole lot for this company. And we've just augmented what they do with generative AI to scale the quality (laughs) of their outreach, customization, provide the prospect with a great experience. And it's not taken BDR's jobs away, but I think it's taken things off their plates that maybe were just repeatable and not so interesting. And it's allowed them to really up their game in terms of the outbound communication with prospects. So it's it's a perfect example.
0: Yeah. And when you can do things a little bit quicker with a higher quality, you're more likely to do it consistently. Just like you said, like, you know, I post on LinkedIn very consistently because it's so much easier than it used to be. And it's all my own ideas. It's all my own stuff, but it's just so much quicker to crank it out and so much easier to get it to that point of being high quality that i can be proud of and so it definitely makes it much easier to be consistent
1: when we were done when we started off we were joking about it's been three seconds something else has changed and it's been more than three seconds oh, i'm okay. gonna be like <laughs> four so hours who of research
0: after we're done yeah, to I see know, what it's... happened in the last 30 minutes
1: <laughs> and we're in trouble we're definitely in trouble how does a team actually keep up right like is is it just like don't bother you're not going to keep up but just sort of like you know jump on and hold on for dear life and any <laughs> tips there?
0: Uh, roller coaster hands up like <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, you know so i think the biggest thing is you've got to keep give yourself permission that you don't have to know everything that happened the minute it happened you're not falling behind if you don't know the latest thing the second it happens you also do not have to learn every single tool in fact i actually recommend the opposite i recommend you've figure out your base tool or two that are going to be like used throughout everything you're doing and like tune out the rest of it at least until that's habit and like something you really know. So you maybe like you need to keep up if you're if ChatGPT is that tool or Claude is that tool, you're keeping up with what is happening with ChatGPT's updates. Like what can I be learning about how to make the most of this? What can I be learning about what they've rolled out? Or if it's clawed, you know, around what they're doing, but you don't have to keep up with what every single company in AI is doing. You keep up with what's the most relevant and also what's got staying power, because like there's a lot of squirrels like, you know, looking for acorns or dogs or whatever squirrels look for every direction <laughs> but at the end of the day most of these companies are not going to be here six months from now so like don't try to learn every tool that has some cool little feature try to pay attention to what is like probably got staying power and focus on that but you don't have to be up to the minute i mean heck i struggle with oh my gosh i'm like so behind i like i live and breathe this every single day but like we're joking about like the last 15 minutes what's happened and i'm sitting here in the back of my mind going i haven't even looked at ai news today because i've been in meetings all day like <laughs> i don't actually know got i'm cold behind and like yeah. the reality is you don't have to be up to it's you. gonna yeah. be okay, It'll It'll be okay. Yeah. all right okay <laughs>
2: um i'm gonna ask a question on behalf of adam because he hasn't asked it but i wonder if he's thinking it so okay. because he runs growth marketing he owns our website he owns our digital right if all the content out there and i'm i'm obviously exaggerating but if all the content out there is ai generated optimized like how do you start to stand out like how do you differentiate what are the implications for seo what's the implications for great content i don't know it's just i feel it's a whole <laughs> new world that's a lot to unpack so let's start out with how do you stand out and differentiate
0: what most people are doing when they're creating content with AI is they're doing it wrong because they're having the AI come up with the ideas for the content and write the content and go off all of its own knowledge base, which is essentially regurgitating in new words stuff that already exists because it's already learned the stuff and now it's regurgitating it. So the first thing you want to do to stand out in an AI content driven world is use your own ideas you want to be giving it here is what we are like it may be writing the content but it's writing the content from your bullet points your ideas your transcript of a podcast that you've done your transcript of yourself just talking we're actually all ai right now by the way this is not yeah we're not real i'm wondering when people are going to figure out that i'm not real Um, but yeah infusing everything that you're creating with ai with your own ideas is you know, it's just helping you write it instead of that it's actually coming up with the concepts. First way to st- stand out, that's also going to help you with SEO, right? Like, because SEO is not looking for regurgitated ideas, it's looking for your own unique thought leadership. So looking at the AI as a way to help you bring your own ideas to life instead of coming up with the ideas is the first key to the content that's actually really good with AI. The other piece of that with SEO is making sure you're not writing it for like using the AI to write it for a computer. You're using the AI to write it for a human that just happens to have some SEO optimization in it. And at the end of the day, your human reader is still the priority. And then the other piece of that is is SEO even gonna matter? And that's like a whole nother conversation <laughs> on but I'm not sure how long SEO, as we know, SEO is going to be a thing. I would imagine this is going to be replaced by AI optimization, and it's going to be, this is just my guess, but it's going to be the ideas become the thing you're optimizing for rather than the like actual words, because the AI is going to consume the things on the internet. The things are ideas. It's trained on these you know, entire websites, entire pages, and then it's going to be sharing back you know, these ideas and you're hoping it's crediting you, but I don't know. We're still learning how on earth. Ooh, yeah, it's it's like Yeah, That's the whole, like make your head explode when you realize, are we all going to even use Google search anymore in the form that we yeah. think of search? Or are we going to tell our kids one day the same way? Like kids are getting like CDs of big artists now, and they don't know what, how to open them and use it. <laughs> We're going to tell our kids, like there was this thing. It was called a search engine. <laughs>
2: we had to open it up and yeah, type we, in there
0: yeah we, didn't, we didn't just like speak out loud and, and have the answers you know whatever it was so who knows where this is going uh, in the next year or two
1: i don't know if the second part of your or simon's questioner is like on the next episode of revenue makers that simon now hosts by herself <laughs> but i don't know if that's where we we're, don't
2: need that <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, it's just AI, oh
1: that covers it is not
2: taking kidding. a job Okay.
0: It might well, change your I'm, job. A, you know, but it's not
2: sort of like, it's yeah, it might us. change your job.
0: But, you know, somebody's going to have to figure out how to solve all of these challenges. So it should be yeah. Yeah. It's your job out now, Adam. The next. Adam it next-, out. next- your jo- hmm. Huge opportunity for those in the ground. All right, right there. You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: When you talked earlier about generational adoption and, you know, jumping onto the technology, if I'm a hiring manager, Right. I'm looking at candidates and like AI readiness or like willingness to use AI. I mean, is is this as simple as I'm sure a couple of questions maybe, but like, how would you go about like, working that into an interview process or a a candidate process to figure that out. So
0: I recommend not just going, what are your existing AI skills? Which those are nice. I think like, but I think the biggest thing is if somebody says they have AI skills, that shows that they're curious about AI, they're excited about AI more, and that's more for the vast majority. Unless you meet somebody that is like, legitimately like living and breathing AI inside and out. Like for most people, If they've used AI, that's a good sign that they're curious, that they're not like super, super resistant to it. But I'm really looking more for candidates that are going to be adaptable and continue to learn. And so I would be looking for candidates that are curious, that have an experimental mindset, that they're like not afraid of failure. They're the type that are like going to self-teach themselves and that love learning and experimenting and continuing to learn. And you're really looking for those people who are going to continue to adapt because this is changing so fast and it's not a one and done. And the skills that somebody needs if you hire them today versus the skills that they're going to need in a year are not going to be the exact same same thing. But what you need is the person who is going to want to know you know, these new skills that's going to be excited about it. I wouldn't be hiring somebody that says, I think AI is evil. I refuse to use it, You know (laughs) any of that kind of stuff. They're not going to be, even if they're curious and experimental and everything else, there probably is going to be a resistance to this. And also creative. If somebody's creative, it takes a lot of creativity to use AI well, looking for strong, strong, critical thinking skills, fact checking skills, things like that are really important because the AIs make things up. So you want somebody to be able to think critically about the outputs, check that it's accurate, those kinds of things before it goes like out to a customer or you're updating your boss on the wrong things that it just the AI said so and they don't think twice. <laughs> that's not good. Now how you screen for that, that's gonna be different for every job, for every leader, but I think it's more thinking about those traits of the person rather than the skills of the person yeah. at this point for most AI
2: and the good thing is all of those traits are things you should already want in an employee yeah, yeah. right so so that's good and if if somebody is telling you they're an expert at AI and they they seem
0: really dug in that they know exactly how to do it and like that could almost be a little bit of a red flag if they think they know too much I would be looking a little bit more for i'm using it i love it i feel like i'm one of the top users right now but it's constantly changing and we're all learning how to use it you know like that awareness that you know even me i'm like i'm learning every single day like this is my job but i'm still learning every single day
2: so yeah yeah um (laughs) on that note right it's changing every day we're still learning as companies how should we be evaluating the AI tools that are out there? I mean, there's the big ones. And do you recommend folks stick with those? Like what what is the best way to make sure that we're picking and choosing the right tools to be using and we're staying on top of what's out there?
0: Yeah. So the first thing is I would have like a core foundational tool that is like everybody uses it, at least like the go to market team or each individual team that you've got a big group of people using the same thing as a core foundational tool that can go through everything so usually this would be like a chat gpt or a Claude something like that that is like your language model that's kind of your go-to and make sure that everybody is building the skills with that specific tool of how to leverage it and use it because if you learn how to use one of these core tools you're going to be able to translate that to lots and lots of other tools but you may not be able to translate these random other tools back to a core tool so I say like first have that one foundational tool and make sure people have adopted it learned it built a habit around using it before you start bringing in lots of other tools now there could be some exceptions to this like there may be certain teams certain roles certain use cases that you need to also immediately bring in something new but it's usually probably going to be like a specific role that needs it and like one example that comes to mind is like your conversational email at Six Sense. Like that might be something you don't have to use chat GPT inside out before you could start bringing something like that on. But for most tools, first learn that core tool, whatever it is going to be for your company, then you can start stacking on one tool at a time, but make sure it's been adopted and make sure it actually does something you can't already do with that other tool just as well, if not better, because a lot of the stuff that's coming out, like... I see people buying 11 different tools that the core tool could actually do better than the supplemental tools that they're doing. And now nobody knows what to use for what and they get confused. And you know what happens when you don't know what you're supposed to use? You don't use Any of it. So a lot of (laughs) times less is more. (laughs) A lot of times.
1: I saw AI tool Black Friday sales. I knew like that's when it's hit. Like literally, and I'm on Facebook, which I guess I'm old because no one is on Facebook anymore. But like literally, it was like, and there's probably sites I'd been to, but it was like half off, extra credits to fifty. Br- I was like,
0: I saw I mean, that's, one. If you that's crazy. I saw was it was like buy one year get one free. Oh, love like, I do not think that I am sure. But any AI tool is going to be here a year from now. Like, no one, not even. Heck, like we saw what happened with the company. I'm not going to mention their name, but like, you know, we didn't know for a minute if they were going to be here. And they're the one with staying in power. And thank God they are, because I don't know what I would do. You guys would have to get me out of like a ball in the corner from crying if something happened to them. But we have no guarantees. So I think like that and that's the other piece of you are evaluating tools. What is their funding situation? Like, also, are they built, are they reliant on somebody else or is it their own technology? Like, are they reliant on somebody else's success for them to continue to survive? Because the vast majority of tools out there are built on other people's technology. So, if that underlying technology fails or that company is not around, like, you better know what is the underlying technology to know do you trust it? Um, but you know, it's easy to look up funding. I am. I'm a small business owner. I've always been a business owner. I am very big on like the small family business thing. But when it comes to AI tools, at the end of the day, it costs a lot of money to run this technology. It is not cheap for these companies. So if they don't have the money behind it and the resources and the minds, these tools are a dime a dozen. And so the ones that don't have real backing are just not going to make it. And a lot of the ones that do have real backing are not going to make it too. I think mean, just to be totally fair, I think next year we're gonna see a lot. As fast as we saw them appear this year, I think next year we're gonna see off. the decline and
2: yeah. So hold off on the BOGO.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless right. you already are using a tool that like you're using <laughs> a free version and you're just dying for it, but maybe not a year, but maybe buy one month, get one month free. <laughs>
1: I'm holding off for the buy one, get two. Yeah. That's what I want. It's actually, like, <laughs> I don't think buy one. It's not gonna it's not yeah. enough. Not enough. So, you know what? Other than we learned a lot, I mean, a a massive amount. We also learned that Simon's old.
2: Yeah, um, I could have told you that. I'm old too.
1: uh, Oh, (laughs) I mean, it was a revelation for me. So one of our, our favorite parts are kind of our regular segment session questions. Regular session question? Regular question. What is the most ridiculous thing anyone's ever asked you to do in your career that could be good, could be bad, could have had a good outcome, bad outcome, wild Okay,
0: got? so this is this is not at all related to AI. This is in my previous life when I had an e-commerce chocolate ingredients company. We had somebody who called us and they wanted to know how to transport sugar in the chocolate and they wanted us to help them figure out how to extract the sugar after the transportation. To get the sugar back out. Is that
1: sugar? It was quotation fingers? They kept
0: saying sugar and they were like, well, it's powdered sugar. (laughs) And they wouldn't tell it. And we were like, do we call the police? And they were like really mad that we would not teach them how to transport
2: sugar within chocolate. Yeah. That could be later extracted. It Could
0: be later extracted and put back into sugar form. And <laughs> for I don't think anything weirder will ever be asked of me. And anything that I ever do, I was, I was brought in. At, you know, I'm working on like the e-commerce stuff and building our B2B e-commerce. And like, my staff comes in, and they're like, we don't know how to handle this because we don't know what they're really asking for. But no matter what, it's weird. I mean, maybe they were just asking to transport sugar, but it was a very bizarre question. <laughs> I will never forget it. it. has nothing to do with anything we've talked about. But, but it's probably have the most asked, ridiculous.
1: <laughs> have you asked ChatGPT for an I answer? I ha-
0: you know, this was years ago. I need to ask ChatGPT what was happening and see what see what is
1: Well, hopefully, like, you know, like, ATF doesn't show up at your door after doing that. So I, think was, um, I think that's our first uh, potential drug trafficking related.
2: Ridiculous thing.
1: Uh, question
2: well but, done. Now I'm like,
1: i think that I'm so i
0: think you might you just want i'm I just so straight edge so it was even like more shocking to me like and wow. these people That's they kept calling one. back like trying to get a different customer service person to give them an answer <laughs> like, so for all your customer <laughs> success listeners out there i dare you to find a customer who challenges you with a more bizarre request <laughs> Um, truckloads of chocolate that I can extract the sugar from that
1: is amazing well I I don't think we can go anywhere beyond that other than to say we're going to say wow (laughs) thank (laughs) Thank you you, Uh, this was awesome Uh, really appreciate it amazing insights thanks so much for for joining us and I'm sure we'll everyone should follow you on LinkedIn you've got great insights daily check it out and thanks again thank
0: you it's so great to be here this was fun
2: You've been listening to Revenue Makers.
1: Do you have a revenue project you were asked to execute that had wild success? Share your story with us at sixcents.com slash revenue. We might just ask you to come on the show.
2: And if you don't want to miss the next episode, be sure to follow along on your favorite podcast app.